the internet, and welcome to season 170, episode 5 of Dirt Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness. It is Thursday, February 5th, 2021. My name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. Brotatoes O'Brien. That is courtesy of Ramen King. Mm -hmm. Uh, I like that my co-host was like, "Uh uh-huh, yeah. Uh, I'm thrilled to be joined by today's special guest co-host, Joelle Monique. Oh my God, I'm in the big chair. This is so special. I can't believe I'm here. I'm really excited about it. Yeah. We did get the big chair over to you. uh, Transferred it over. Um, Very comfortable. I believe Miles will be back uh, next week, folks. Keeping his uh, chair. Yeah, yeah. Joelle is keeping his chair. Joelle, how have you been? What's new with you? Oh my gosh, I got a Wi-Fi mesh router system, and now there's internet in every corner of my house. Upstairs bathroom, set. Downstairs doing laundry, cleared. It's amazing. It's the best thing ever. Upgrades in technology. It's just blowing my mind. That's wonderful. Um, I don't know what that's like. I still have like 20... 11 internet wi-fi like that's Sir, the what? caliber yeah no I, you need to be on this 5g and yeah. wi-fi mesh router and just plugs right into your modem and then it gives you 5g everywhere you click like, hook your phone up to it and your router still spurts out internet so like our home based stuff our our xboxes and playstations are on the router but then our phones are on the travel things and then the upstairs systems are on the like mesh wi-fi so listen all i'm saying is you can give like when people come over when that happens again you can set them on a different wi-fi and your shit never what? interrupted it's it's beautiful that sounds incredible uh, control um. of the internet necessary <laughs> uh well that that was aggressive at the end there and i like yes uh, <laughs> control <laughs> Uh, we are thrilled to be joined in our third seat by the hilarious and talented Matt Lee. Believe it or not, is Matt Lee. (laughs) (laughs) Is that a believe it or not? Do you ever? Yeah, I should have done believe, but uh, yeah. Believe it or not, Matt is on the pod. Uh, Matt, (laughs) it's great to have you, man. It's, it's, you know what? It feels good to be back. I'm, I'm very happy to. You know, be back in the studio here with you guys. In the stooge. You know, just uh, yeah. uh, in a Zoom studio in my own home. Yes. Just, yeah, you I got, got that sound mesh. panels in the back. Yeah, the I background. got sound panels. You see, we, we moved into, uh, uh, into Eagle Rock, me and my girlfriend, Francesca. Nice. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and so we, we made like a pod room. Like this is our room. This is the room where we pod. And uh, we're going to die in this room probably. <laughs> probably. <laughs> probably. Know? Because this oh, is just man. where we live now. But uh, it's really nice to be here, you guys. <laughs> I'm so <laughs> stoked on it. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, we are thrilled to have you. Uh, Matt, we're going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. Uh, first, we're going to tell our listeners just a couple of the things we're talking about. Uh, we're talking about COVID cases uh, falling in America, falling around the world, uh, why that might be. Uh, we don't really know. Uh, but what one theory or one factor that, uh, I hadn't really heard a ton about, uh, but that is apparently like one of the major controlling factors on when we have our peaks is weather. Um, so we'll, we'll talk about that. Uh, cause I just kind of went down a, a rabbit hole on that. Uh, we will talk about, um, the, 
uh, SAG-AFTRA awards and how they conflict with the Golden Globes. Uh, Whitney Houston and Brandy Cinderella is coming to Disney+. Plus. Yes! Uh, see, these are big news, big, big things. Uh <laughs> Republican support for Trump rerunning uh, in 2024 is cratering, uh, which just made me feel good. It was like a little mm. beam of sunshine. Mm. Uh, and we'll like- talk about uh, the opposite of that, how the Republicans are behaving currently in Congress. Uh, and Jojo Siwa, uh, we're going to talk about her. Uh, and then, Icon in the making. Yes. And then we will talk, uh, we'll do a quick preview of some Super Bowl ads. Uh, all of that, plenty more. But first, uh, Matt, we like to ask our guest, what is something from your search history that is revealing about who you are? Oh, uh, so one thing is uh, I recently searched musician's friend CEO. So you may not understand that search, but, but uh, Google did. Yeah. So basically, <laughs> uh, musician's friend is like a is an instrument. A musical instrument catalog that uh, you know they sell instruments and whatnot, and uh, I bought something off of them. I bought a, a keyboard, like a piano, mm. and um, it showed up broken, uh, hey. like completely messed up, like like literally wood cut in half and whatnot. Oh, um, yeah, and uh, <laughs> I ended up just getting another one from uh, a different manufacturer, um, and they will not, for some reason. Uh, answer the phone and take this return like i keep like they keep emailing me trying to like get me uh to return it but it's a long story long story short um i'm trying to get in touch with the ceo of musician's friend because i think that uh this is some bullshit i love that you take it right to the top this is yeah because here's the thing everyone else i'm talking to are quote gear specialists and every time Mm. i talk to a gear specialist it's a new specialist and they just tell me the same thing the last guy told me which is like just send it via fedex and i'm like but they won't take it it's too heavy and the box is broken i don't want to get a new box and they're like oh okay i'll find out and then you hear nothing and then they just a new guy message you go like hey fedex it and i'm talking to the ceo Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> taking it right to the top. You guys ever do that? You guys ever have trouble with customer service and you just a Google the CEO? Never. In the Never in my era life. Is, it's absolutely, you have to start Googling the CEO because otherwise you're not going to get everything. My friend just ordered a treadmill. It mm. came, it's missing a part. And yeah. so it just plain will not run. And they were like, we'll just send you a new one. And she was like, okay, but what do I do with the giant broken treadmill yeah. in my house yeah. and they're like we don't need it and she's like i don't either yeah. <laughs> <laughs> me too i also do not need this can you please come pick it up or can i send it like what do we do it's and they're crazy. like nope can't be helped it's crazy wow. that like it's so easy now to get uh like a 400 pound box delivered directly to your door but then when you're like oh i need this to go back they're like uh we don't have the technology to do reverse <laughs> that's that. yours right. now <laughs> yeah that's your you gotta figure that out like <laughs> You've got to just build company. a new life around that now. Uh, maybe <laughs> set up a TV in that room and you can just sit on the broken yeah. treadmill. Or, so. yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's really like, yeah. So I got this giant box of kindling uh, <laughs> in, in my living room just sitting there. The cat is just taking it as a new chair. And yes. I'm like, just please take this box. And uh Anyways, long story short, I did tweet out uh, my dissatisfaction, and I did get some random 
guy who works at Musicians Friend to reach out, and he's going to try to handle the situation. But uh, I still would like to know who the CEO is to yell at him. Now, is it an actual piano or a? Key- it's a keyboard. It's an electronic keyboard, but it's Got like it. uh, it's this really. Uh, it's like one that's shaped like a upright piano. So. Right. It, oh. Yeah, so it's like really beautiful. It's this red mahogany like wood thing, and but it's elect- electronic. It's eighty eight right. keys. It's it sounds really good, uh, and uh, it's heavy as shit. Um, and uh, yeah, and there's a broken one in my living room. You know, all I wanted to do was just sit around, play Radiohead on my keyboard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't expect <laughs> all that. Yeah, dude. That's the only. No, uh, that was everything in its right place. I've been playing <laughs> yeah. that one like all the time. That's like yeah. I just wake up in the morning like. <laughs> I love it. But do you wake up sucking a, a lemon? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, nice. That was a that was a thing back in the day. Piano disposal that was a problem because oh, like yeah. old pianos uh, are very dangerous. Mm-hmm, like the str- mm-hmm. because the strings are like wire and mm-hmm. wound extremely tight. Mm-hmm. Um, they can like explode or something. Not like <laughs> explode like with fire, but like really hurt you if yeah, you when if a kid gets break, into it. Yeah, they bring you know. Yeah, they were like the 1920s version of old refrigerators. Like there were. Uh, <laughs> warning stories or, or like uh, cautionary tales about kids playing with old pianos uh, yeah. in warehouses. And yeah, losing no. eyes. There's like the strings are snapping and flying yeah. all over the place. Oh, right shit. into your eye, dude. Yeah. <laughs> My no. new weapon of choice, an old piano. Yeah. <laughs> right. You just got to wait until they get the close enough. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And if Warner Brothers uh, cartoons are to be believed, they yeah. were constantly falling. Yeah, yeah, just falling mm-hmm. from the sky Always. on people. Yeah. Um, hurt extra bad. Once it landed on you, then the strings would pop off, and yeah, you'd really yeah. insult. Add insult. <laughs> That's right, uh, Matt. What is something you think is underrated? Oh, underrated. Real talk, and I hate to bring this, you know, podcast down a little bit, but uh, mm-hmm. Dustin Diamond, R.I.P. to a real one. Uh, I I think Dustin Diamond, the guy who played Screech, you know, he recently right. died. Yeah, and uh, I think that. He, uh, as a human being, was constantly underrated his whole life. I think uh, he was uh, treated like dog shit his entire life. And people wondered why he was like such a dick after, you know, Saved by the Bell. And I was like, I get it, man. I I understand. As someone who grew up looking like Screech and being (laughs) called Screech a lot until Harry Potter came out. And then I started being called Harry Potter. um, (laughs) Like, I understand what it's like. To, uh, you know, to constantly be uh, shit on by people who look like Zach Morris. And, right. uh, you know, I so I, I felt like after he died, I felt like really sad about it because, like, I feel some sort of kinship with Screech. Like, we're kind of like, you know, we're kind of brothers in that way. Except for I, I was never a child actor, you know, and never put out a porno or anything. But, like, you know. So what was the, like, I thought there was something, like, problematic about him. But then all the stories seemed to be... That he like edited himself into a point like it was like just actually a really sad story like a oh, pathetic is it that story. He edited himself. Listen, he edited he- himself into a porno <laughs> to make it seem like he was in a porno, <laughs> which is it's pretty bad. But yeah. y- y- there's there's a lot of things about him that are like I mean there's a constant stories about him you know kind of like um kind of just being dicks to people and whatnot mm-hmm. like uh, you know uh, there's a few screech stories that have kind of like made the rounds right 
And and I understand like I I understand why he would be the way he is cuz you know like he was a child actor in Hollywood which is a predatory industry. He yeah. played a character that was constantly getting shit on. He played the worst kind of character too because it's like um in any other TV show, it would have been like like Freaks and Geeks. There's the nerds and there's the cool kids, and they don't they don't meet, you know, in right. between. Right. It, it, the the worst thing about Saved by the Bell is that technically Screech was Zach Morris's best friend. It was the most gaslighty, emotionally <laughs> manipulative relationship you, you've ever seen on television, where you have this you know freaking Aryan god. You know, <laughs> who, who gets all the chicks and right, then this right. little like crypto Semitic character who they never say that he's Jewish. But let's be real. This is right. a Aryan versus Jew type of thing. And and he's pretending like that's his best friend, but he shits on him all the time. And everyone makes fun of him. And like Lisa Turtle won't give him the time of day. Like, why? Why not? He's a, he's perfectly good. He's smart. He's a smart guy. I understand he's kind of weird, but you got to get to know him a little bit. Point is <laughs> that point uh, is, is that like, you know. I feel like his entire persona and whatnot is a result of playing this character Screech and people giving him crap for that. And, you know, I feel like in the afterlife, he shall have his revenge. <laughs> his revenge. You believe in a, vid, a vengeful God and that mm -hmm. vengeful God is Dustin Diamond. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh <laughs> um, yeah, Zach Morris is a very interesting character, like mm -hmm. very much. I, I haven't seen the the reboot of Saved by the Bell, but Neither have I. very much uh, like introduced uh, me to the concept of like a winning uh, predatory capitalist kind of guy who like <laughs> yes. everybody can't help but like while he is like, you know, stealing money from yeah, you and doing treating crimes you like shit, but like, very likably. Yeah, yeah, he does. He does uh, crimes likably and uh, <laughs> cheats all the time, and it's is the like original constantly... American Psycho. Yeah, yeah, straight up, straight up <laughs> original American Psycho, and like you know, but you're just charmed by him because he's hot, and right. you're you're just like, yes. nah, there's more. There's more to this world than just being hot. You know, you got to have like strength of character, and you right. never had that. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to. I I had to look it up and figure out what uh, was going on with Dustin's sex tape. Mm -hmm. uh, so he used a fake wang because he didn't want to put himself out there like that. He did All hire right. a quote body double, and he decided to do it after the Paris Hilton tape, where she apparently earned fourteen million dollars. He was in his like mid twenties, and he thought it was a good idea. But in two thousand four, he went on Oprah's "Where Are They Now." Um, he was in his mid thirties by then, and he was like, "Yeah, I realized it was." stupid of me to try to get millions of dollars like Paris Hilton. Uh, but, you know, that is a very the new. That is a very profound misunderstanding of the <laughs> dynamics of the sex tape industry <laughs> and what people were looking for from from Paris Hilton and from him. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, he kind of well, misread. He misread that a bit like, uh, totally. oh, clearly they just want to see anyone who's ever been on television. Fuck. That's not true. Oh, but, buddy. but it does. It, it begs the question uh, why he felt the need or how he could have been in a fin financial situation in which he would have been like desperate enough to put out a fake uh, sex tape, you know, right. and a lot of it is because uh, his, you know, I'm, I'm sure he was screwed out of 
all sorts of like syndication money mm. and and all that stuff, you know, because like Saved by the Bell is in syndication. He was in Constantly. both shows. He was in the new class and the old class. Why would right. he not have money? And mm-hmm. he was constantly in money trouble. And, you know, I look at that and I say, Hollywood's a predatory industry. Yeah. No, that's that's very fair. Yeah. Uh, Ramsey is in the house, by the way. My four-year-old Yo, Ramsey. has Ramsey joined us. Ramsey, you want to say hi to Matt and Joel? Yeah. Hi, Matt and Joel. Hi. <laughs> Joel. What's up? Hi, Matt and Joel. Oh, oh my God. Oh my my heart. <laughs> just baby. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'll have kids. <laughs> Fine. Whoa. Uh, <laughs> Drastic uh, decisions. <laughs> like everybody right, getting an fine. animal. I'm like, uh, chill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is a big thing right now, huh? Like just yes. a lot of dog adoptions. Happening. I almost did it. I get it. I'm so close. Like I bought all the stuff for the dog. Now I just need the dog. The perfect one. <laughs> You know, <laughs> you might just be okay with just all the stuff for the dog. <laughs> just, just the crates and the bags. Live with that for a couple weeks. See how that goes. Like Joel keeps buying all of, all of these dog toys, but there's no dog. <laughs> My brother was like, do we need three dog beds? I was like, one for each floor. I want to yeah. be comfortable wherever That's he is. That's true. Yeah. And that oh also like gives him a place. It, it trains mm-hmm. him to ha- always have a place as opposed exactly. to just like lying all over no that's smart everything like brand new uh, couch i don't think so i don't think so dog <laughs> your i don't couch. think so dog. i'm assuming you're gonna name him dog uh <laughs> what matt is something you think is overrated uh the daily with michael barbaro <laughs> <laughs> okay shots fired wow. shots fired dude first of all this is the only good daily podcast hey, thank you that's what we like to hear thank yeah, you sir is, it's the only good one um because it covers all of the news. Right. The Daily with Michael Barbaro covers one thing and it's usually trash. And, you know, <laughs> and I listen to it every morning uh, just because I'm like, ah, you know, it's the news. And every morning I, I am disappointed because they cover, I mean, sometimes they cover something good. One out of every five episodes. Once That's a week. what I would say. They have a, like a once every week there's a really great daily episode. Somebody yeah. needs to just create a website that tells you what last week's best daily was. <laughs> yes, that's yeah. what, that's all I want to hear. It's just a, a podcast called Last Week's Daily where people just <laughs> listen to that one and then they talk about it a little bit more. Right. Because the other thing is the 30 minutes thing. I'm not really into I need a, a podcast are long. That's how I look at it. <laughs> uh, oh, Michael, Matt, podcasts camp. are long. Sir. Yeah. I don't what know if you know this, Michael. Podcast? Yeah. Podcasts know. are long. And uh, also uh, all of the commercials for your other things sound terrible. I just can't stand <laughs> all of their ads. But um, also uh, just Michael Barbaro himself. Here's the, I'm not going to talk shit. Obviously, he's a great man. You know, he's, I don't know if it, I just, <laughs> I'm saying man. this just in case there's people out there who are like, what is, right. I'm best friends with Michael Bobaro <laughs> yeah. and I'm going to tell him. Um, yeah. But like um, his kind of NPR-ish affectation um, is, uh, drives me up the wall mm-hmm. and uh, like, did you just do an impression of him? Yeah. Did you just go, mm. <laughs> yeah, I mm. can't stand that. Hmm. And because I don't think he's. I don't think he's interested. I think he's just putting his on. And one time he did one that was, it was the only good one he ever did. It was very sexual. He just went, hmm. Oh, wow. And I had to rewind it a few times. 
Yeah, it was just See, like, mm. that's why when someone's talking, I usually go with. <laughs> that's, I think, a better way to just, you know, get them to wrap it up. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's how a daily that, podcast host does that, it. That's how you should do it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, overrated, dude. Daily Zeitgeist is the only p- daily podcast that's good. <sighs> you know, we were developing this show when the New York Times scooped it. Uh, I'm sure there was a security breach of some sort and, and came up with uh, the daily. And so yeah. we had to add z- a German word to the end to yeah. otherwise, you know, otherwise would have been confusing. Sued by the New York Times. Right. That's so fun. Never. Mm-hmm. Do you guys Walk follow the uh, Twitter that is like just tweets the first time the New York Times uses a new word? Yes. No. I, yeah. I, uh, yeah. I don't know how that ended up in my feed because I did not consciously follow it. But now, yeah, I uh, I don't consciously follow it. I I get uh so, some people retweet it every once in a while, and I yeah, read it. And I go like, on. huh. And some um, of them are good. Um, I go, mm. yeah. I, go, I look at mm. it. And I go, mm. yeah. <laughs> 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 Daddy, uh, Michael, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I would love for him to do that just once, just to liven it up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, All right, guys, let's take a quick break, and we'll come back and talk about more than one thing, because we are, yeah, Yeah. that's how we do. All right, right back. And we're back. Uh, and apparently, uh, everybody was in on a, an activity that I didn't know about. Uh, Joel said, come on, Walmart. And then Matt said, oh, you're doing it too? And then uh, Daniel was like, yeah, they just restocked with uh, PS5s. Uh, anybody succeed? Any su- successful PS5 acquisitions? No, absolute failure. I don't understand. Like, I mean, the Industrial Revolution happened. It did. It occurred. So <laughs> you're honestly telling here. me they can't make them right. They False can't make scarcity? enough PS5s. Is that what, what you're is telling the me? Problem. False like, scarcity I, much? Mm-hmm. Can they set up? Uh, like we need jobs over here. Can they set up a plant over here where yeah. they're making it instead of yeah. us having to ship them from across the sea? Like what do we need to do so that I can right. just play the new Spider-Man? I don't want to upload it on my PlayStation Four. It seems very annoying. Yes. Yeah, <gasps> So I did. I did play the new uh, Spider-Man on my PlayStation Ooh. Four, and uh, it's. I mean, you know, if you if you if you don't play it on PlayStation Five, so you don't know how good it looks. Mm-hmm. Playing on a PlayStation Four is fine. It's great. You're like, oh, it's a Spider-Man game. But I've seen the videos, and I do ah, know. See, it's I the haven't. same reason I haven't picked up um, ah, Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk. I bought yeah. it. I played it for an hour. I said, this is impossible. Yeah, <laughs> it looks like crap. Yeah. I'll come back to it. I'm going to get a PS5 in like two or three weeks. And here we are, nearly yeah. what, a month and a half, two months later. Nothing. This this world's going to shit. Did, uh, did the Cyberpunk thing ever... Like, did they ever figure that out? Because I remember... Uh, they're going to be in litigation for a hot second because the lies. <laughs> they just, like, took it back. They were like, our bad. And then it's still bad. I, They've I had no some idea. game patches and stuff. I haven't picked it up since I tried playing it, like, day two that it was out. Me too. Um, because the there was no point. Thing. It was such a mess. And I was like, well, let me just wait for the new generation console because it, it has to play better on that at least. 
Uh, I've read a couple of things that basically say, like, it's a little better. If you really fight, the story is good. It's well written. Mm -hmm. But it's just, uh, I don't know. I, I heard I it was good on, on the PC. Sims. Yes, yes. Oh, and now wow. I have one of those, so I should probably set that up, too. But I'm just not there yet. I just went back to The Sims. I was like, I'm just going to build houses and make them mm -hmm. pretty and mm -hmm. move on. No story. It's fine. Here's a real dumb uh, old guy, uh, or maybe not old guy question, just non-gamer question. When people say PC, like, is, do mm -hmm. Macs not work no. for, you can't game no. on a Mac? Mm -mm. No. no you it's weird. I, do, I don't understand why. That's so strange. Closed circuit, baby. Yeah, circuit. It, but it's so strange because it's like, I mean, they're cutting themselves off from like an entire industry of like computer gaming. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, but they've just... I don't know. As a corporate entity, they've decided that they don't want to be associated with games. It's so strange. I They're just like, it's it a all. passing fad. Yeah, we'll, yeah. <laughs> we'll stick with you too. Thank you very much. They're probably uh, waiting the until they can get their own like gaming things up. Because my guess, because the, right. their whole thing about their system is like ease of use and like even compatibility across platforms. It makes sense right. to me that they'd be like, we're just going to keep with that model and eventually develop our own gaming company. But in the meantime, I don't think that any company has been able to prove like we can do both things. Super good. They're still <laughs> trying to design a, a, a controller that has zero buttons on it. Right. <laughs> 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 Uh, all right, it's just, it's just shaped like a butt plug, and you just slide your fingers <laughs> random places. Like, oh no! Oh, Matt, come on, man! I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying it would be. It would be. Uh, come on, you know it would it. be. Admit it. Would it. Be sleek. You'd be like, is that a butt plug? And people would be like, no, it's actually a really good gaming controller. Yeah. Um. All right, let's talk about uh, coronavirus, COVID-19, the big, I don't know, those are the only two <laughs> names I know for it. Uh, are you okay? Yeah, you, are just you like, as soon as you said it, like, for I got effect? a frog in my throat. Yeah, that okay. could be like, that could be a, uh, a sound cue that we have every time we bring up coronavirus. Yeah, yeah. that's a, a nice one, <laughs> sensitive to the <laughs> right. 450,000 dead Americans. That would be an amazing... <laughs> That would be an amazing, like, morning zoo, like, talk radio thing where you, they're like, and now in coronavirus news, and then you just have, like, a <laughs> slide whistle. <laughs> um, all right. Well, the numbers are dropping, so we can we can have fun here, folks. Yay. Uh, it... Uh, People aren't really sure why. Like, it seems like it's partially vaccine. Mm -hmm. uh, partially, we're seeing the, you know, remnants of the, you know, holiday travel. It's kind of clearing through our system after everybody went and saw their family during the holiday. Um, and then there's also, well, I, so yesterday when I saw this chart, I was like, yeah, of course, of course, it's because Trump is gone. And, like he was telling, he was lying. And like people, it's happening everywhere in the world. So we actually had to like cut a chunk of yesterday's episode out where I was just like ranting about how it was all Joe Biden. Uh, yeah. But it's, I think that at least has to be like, I think there's a bunch of different uh, factors combined, mm -hmm. right? Like that's. Yeah. In I medicine, mean, like that's they do they do that all the time where they're like, there are four medications that we know how to treat this cancer with. Mm -hmm. and we're going to give you all of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I, I do think weather has something to do with it, too. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, so that was something I didn't realize until I started like kind of trying to research why it's dropping. Weather is a big contributing factor, like to the point that it's more important than like whether somebody is social distancing or not. Yeah, well, Whoa. I think because it, um, and I, I'm not a scientist. I just want to point that out in case people got confused. Um, but I think <laughs> social distancing and weather, uh, they're correlated in that, like, you know, if you're, if it's freezing outside, you're uh, less likely to, you're most likely to be inside, uh, and stay inside with other groups of people rather than like these outdoor restaurants and whatnot. So people are still meeting up. But before, uh, you know, they would go to a park or something, and now people are like, oh, let's go hang out and, uh, you know, whatever. Yeah, and then also, party. Yeah. this is also, I think, um, the the Christmas, you know, holiday bump, um, uh, you know, kind of like had a huge surge, and now it's kind of like dropping again. So, so I think we're going to kind of level out for a bit, and then, um, and then we'll continue dropping. Yeah. So. The, there, there are a bunch of different articles about this talking about like what one thing that we know for certain is uh, good for not spreading coronavirus or like bad for the actual spread of the virus is uh, wind. Like if it's windy, it spreads much worse. And then we also mm -hmm. know it really seems to be like a completely correlated with temperature. Uh, mm -hmm. There's this study that found, I think, it was so starting at 88 degrees and going down by one temperature every time you drop a single degree uh the rate of transmission rose by 3.7%. Wow. So it's like that much of a just straightforward like if it's this temperature you are going to have a covid spike um which seems relevant and like I I was thinking like why why aren't we telling everybody this because that seems like a very important thing but they like nobody knows why other than that the actual like physical virus likes that temperature <laughs> like, oh. better because they were saying that apparently i i always assumed uh the influenza what influenza was seasonal because of you know what you were mentioning matt like staying inside versus going outside during the summer months and this scientist in this article was saying that, like, that actually, the literature doesn't support that. Um, oh, well. We actually only spend, like, 10% more time indoors during the winter than outdoors on average, uh, than we do what? during the summer on average. <clears throat> yeah, but what uh, does he know, though? Right? <laughs> I mean, you know, like... Yeah. Which people are this? Who is outside 10% less in the winter? I feel like I never go outside in the winter. I'm, like, home, inside, great. Yeah. It might be because we never go outside in the summer either. Uh, <laughs> more hot. and more these days. It's too I hot. I think about that. <laughs> oh, right, right. All um, right, I'm a hermit. I'm an anti-social hermit. Right, right, right. right. We're podcasters. Inside weeks. is our sweet spot. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, another kind of new emerging study or, or like kind of scientific area that they're looking at is uh, COVID, what they're calling COVID long haulers. Uh, which gives it a very like '70s Smokey and the Bear uh, mm -hmm. like type vibe, but it's actually like people who uh, a recent study of patients in Wuhan, China, found th three quarters of them still have symptoms six months after they left the hospital. God damn it! So like that. Wait, how many? Did you say three quarters? Three. Yeah, yeah three quarters. So that's obviously Ugh. like they. 
this isn't a sample of everybody who tested positive, right? This is a right. sample of people who were bad enough to have to be hospitalized. Um, <sighs> but still, it's I guess, I guess I have generally heard the stories of people who uh, don't <laughs> make it or people who recover and just get back to their lives. I didn't really know about this. And apparently the illness that they're seeing uh, a lot of these people have is very similar to chronic fatigue syndrome, which is a really strange and interesting disease that has like no biomarker. Like they can't find any physical thing in the blood, but it is so like it's, a nightmare scenario where you like are, you know, people, a lot of doctors are like, here, it's just in your head. And like more and more, they've been able to get rid of that stigma and been like, no, it's actually like they were talking to this one 16 year old who can only sit up in bed for like two hours a day. And when he sits up, like when he's lying down, his uh, heart rate is 65. Uh, or in the 60s, and when he sat up, it goes to 135. Like oh, my it's, God. That is um, insane. Yeah. Brian Gumble just did a really good piece on this, uh, for Real Sports of Brian Gumble on HBO, uh, where he interviewed athletes who had gotten COVID. Most of them were, like, college-age athletes, like, on their track team. Some girl got COVID. She, she had all the, like, base symptoms, like, couldn't smell anything, like, achy, feverish sort of symptoms, was out for two weeks. She got up. She was like, oh, I feel better. I'm going to go for a run this morning. She said she got like 200 meters out of her door and was like ready to collapse and just couldn't do it. And it's been something like three or four months and she still can't go for like a regular run. Uh. It's just wild the the havoc this can wreak on bodies, especially like perfectly healthy bodies. I think, you know, for preconditioning pre-existing conditions there's a lot of thought of like okay well obviously that's going to take some extra effort but it's perfectly healthy human beings that are just being like knocked over by this disease right it's wild to think some people are still like it's the flu like bro it's not right like after a bender of like ice cream and pizza for a week that a college track athlete is healthier than I have been on my healthiest day in the mm. history of my life. Like, yeah. so that is it's my biggest fear about starting to work out. <laughs> yeah, like, totally. My, and my biggest fear about like deciding to like overhaul my life and go completely, you know, have a healthy lifestyle is that like I'll be stricken with something and I'll be like, you know what? I should have never started. I should have just lived up the last few years. <laughs> Instead, I just decided to get all buff, look good. <laughs> Yeah, and now I'm saying I can't do nothing, and I should have just been eating hamburgers the whole time. <laughs> Same shit. You yeah, know, that's my big fear. Yeah, it really does seem somewhat random. There's also, and I, uh, I have no reason to believe this is uh, connected, other than that they reminded me of each other. But just anecdotally, I feel tired constantly. I know. Uh, yes. I, I know so many people who feel tired constantly. I don't know if that is, um you know, just the fact that we don't like, I, I definitely feel less tired if I go somewhere during yeah. the day. So maybe yeah. it's just like that we're in the, like I do exercise, I run, but I am running, you know, 30 feet from where I'm sitting right now on a treadmill. Uh, right. and like, yeah, it's, it, it's, yeah just, it's different. Cause like the, the, the fatigue you're talking about is like the, it's, it's like a almost a psychosomatic fatigue where it's not really about the right. overall health of your body. It's more about 
you know, the fact that you're stuck inside during a, you know, a mass pandemic and, <laughs> and it's yeah. very depressing. And you're just like, you know, in this little, you know, hamster cage. And we're like, I guess I'll spin on the wheel. Like, you know, the hamster <laughs> might be physically healthy, but he's still yeah. sad. Yeah. Aww. And <laughs> people at home can't see that I am drinking from one of those upside down drip bottle things that they have in hamster cages. Uh, so that probably and sitting on a bunch of wood chips. Yeah. Um, oh my God. If anybody's dealt with the exhaustion and has like ideas, uh, all ears, you know where to find me. Oh, I have an um, idea for you though. I oh, mean, okay. uh, how often do you go outside uh, and like do activities? Oof. Not I mean, that often, right? What is it? February? Uh, <laughs> probably. <laughs> yeah. No, so, I, I do go outside with my kids and like take walks and stuff. Okay. Well, so mm-hmm. you're, you're probably fine then. But I, as someone who was spending months and months and months inside and like every time mm. thinking about like going out, I was just like, ah, it's always got to be at the like park and, and, and it's always like, you know, I'm just walking around and I'm just like, it's just, it wasn't fulfilling. And then I discovered the game of golf. And I tell oh. you guys, <laughs> golf I get it now. I get yeah. it. Yeah, golf. You you go, and it, there's like any all the people are far away from you. Everyone who's playing at the hole in front of you, they're you know a hundred, two hundred, three hundred yards away. The people behind you, another two hundred, three hundred yards, and you're just alone, and you're just playing golf. And you're bad at it, and people behind you are mad because you're like taking a lot of time, but <laughs> you're free, dog. You're free. Right. You're out there. You're breathing huh. the good air. It's like yeah. it's a good COVID relaxation sport. It, it, you get outside, you get a little physical exercise, and you, you don't feel like you're that hamster on the wheel. So play golf. Okay. Yeah. It's they do have the they do have all the best spots in LA. They've just been like, okay, these are golf courses now. Everybody yeah. can go fuck themselves except people who golf. Yeah, but now you can be someone who golfs. And I tell you, you feel bad for the first few times doing it because you're like, oh, this is what my life has become. I'm a douchebag. But then after a while, you start to own the (laughs) douchiness of it. um, Right. And then it's not so bad. Yeah. I would be going around on one of those scooter things. uh, Oh, my Yeah, golf carts. From from hole to hole. Dude, that's like Uh, half the fun. No, like a a standing Job uh, (laughs) segue. Uh, <laughs> tear up the golf course as you yeah, go. Yeah. <laughs> gonna be so mad at you. <laughs> just all your grass. You're just on a Segway in a golf course. <laughs> I take a oh, Segway no. back and forth to the golf to the uh, mm-hmm. to uh, the cart golf cart. Yeah. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to do um, any physical exercise. <laughs> all right, let's talk about uh, the Golden Globes. We, yes. we talked about them uh, the day they came out. Uh, it, real, real. Uh, I mean, Emily in Paris got nominated over I May Destroy You. That's what are you doing, Hollywood Foreign Press? What is yeah. happening? Oh, is that what they're called? Yes. Because I was like, it's like the Academy. I know that there's like the Academy Awards, the Academy. I always thought the Golden mm-hmm. Globes were the globalists. <laughs> <Is that it? laughs> yeah. I just call them globalists. I think that. Hollywood Foreign Press, globalists, it works. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I love it. 
yeah, so Golden Globes, it was it was like a crazy day, but it's always Golden Globes always has the wildest nominations. Where you're like, I don't know why we can't all be even somewhat on the same page. Like I, mm-hmm. I think everybody really thought I made a short it was just a shoe in. Uh, and it just reminds us, and especially, especially with um is it Pieces of a Woman? I think that's the name of it. So the new movie out, which very similar subject, is getting like rave reviews and nominated everywhere. Of course, led by a white woman, I believe written by a white woman, and this mm-hmm. was written and directed by a black woman. So there's just a lot of uh, conversation about who gets to tell what stories right now and what kind of stories are we interested in hearing. But it was kind of exciting to see uh, SAG, which is the Screen Actors Guild Award, and their nominations come out. They did uh, nominate Michaela Cole for Outstanding Performance by a Female Actor in a TV series, in a TV movie or t- limited series. Um, so shout out to them for doing what was right. A lot of other good uh, nominations in there as well. Um, of course, they didn't write it down, so of course I'm forgetting right now. But the Netflix mink. Mink got a ton of nominations. Mank. There it is. Mank. Mank yeah. got a ton of nominations. Wait, is Mank good? Have you seen Mank? Mank is, I have seen Mank. I have lots of big feelings on Mank. Uh, to shorten it, it's beautifully shot. It's like gorgeous to look at. It's beautiful, rich black and whites. Uh, interesting like performances from every actor cast. Like Every mm-hmm. actor showed up, did what they needed to do. But it's essentially a film about an alcoholic writer who's just held up by these strong tentpole women. But then at the end, it's like, what a... What a mensch. He's a good guy. That guy is an asshole. I feel bad for all of these women who are basically just come in and are like, what can you do? He's brilliant. Gotta make sure he gets through his day. And that was very frustrating to watch. Um, But yeah, so yes, a good film. Possibly a little frustrating if you want to see real women being actual women. At the end of every relationship, does he go, you've been manked? <laughs> it would have made the film an A plus for me. It would have really I'm set it over this the relationship top. in the mank bank. <laughs> oh no! Uh, oh no! And you uh, have to watch uh, Gary Oldman play a uh, play a communist. So that's a lot of fun. You know, <laughs> especially yeah. knowing for him, it is definitely acting. That dude is the <laughs> he's a big right winger. Is he really? Yeah, yeah I think it's I did very annoying. That. This is not surprising at all. And and he's like a low-key anti-Semite, too, I heard. I'm just like, all right, he's playing a Jewish leftist. This should be fun. And the thing is, so he's, great. Such, he's such a professional that he does a great job, you know? It's so good. He, he, does, he does a fantastic <laughs> job. But, uh, you know, just his Aww. own politics, not so good. Uh, that's why we avoid them like the plague. Moving on to more positive black news. Whitney Houston and Brandy Cinderella is coming yo, to yo. Disney+. Plus. <laughs> it is the best news. Listen, it came out in 97. I was eight. It's absolutely a film that is like, who cares about what race these characters are? You already know the story of Cinderella and you are deeply invested invested. You got mm. Whoopi Goldberg raising her Asian son with her white husband. It makes no sense, but it's so <laughs> beautiful. And amazing. The performances are great. It's Whitney Houston, Goddaughter Brandy, belting out mm. the best tunes. Oh mm. man, really set the trend for like mixed race fairy tales. But also, if you think about like this was sort of Bridgerton, like a G-rated Bridgerton before we got Bridgerton. It's amazing that it's coming out now. I'm so <laughs> glad. If your children have not seen it, you need to introduce them to what is obviously and quintessentially the very best live action Cinderella of all time. I saw it when I was a kid, and um I remember um being just stoked for 
for Kobe Bryant because they were in a relationship, I think, at the time. <laughs> or, or I don't know if they were in a relationship, but definitely Kobe they went to brought prom together. Yeah, he took to her to prom. prom. It's a classic moment. Yes. Yeah, so, so I was like, this is cool. Everyone, Everyone's career is going great. You know? I think that's a, I think there's some brandy erasure where like people don't realize what a big deal that was when he went to prom with her. Oh yeah. I was like, wait, so this guy must end up being really good at basketball because he just took brandy <laughs> to the prom. Like yeah. that must be, uh, yeah, no, it's not like he deal. could be a bust yeah. after doing that. Like, no, brandy. it would suck if like, yeah, like brandy went to prom with Michael Oloa candy or like Tommy <laughs> Brown. <laughs> just like, right. Like, <laughs> all of these like drafted first you know first round draft picks who just busted right oh uh, yeah um do we want to go into rudy bridges like really tight and then spin out of that because i can i can connect all three of those past yeah stories. yeah let's okay. do it all right so like I, i'm super excited for brandy cinderella because it meant a lot to me to see a black princess as a kid i had pocahontas and i had jasmine which was uh they were exceptional and they were brown so automatically they were black in my head because that's all the <laughs> representation i had until brandy came out in her giant blue dress and she was freaking amazing and i think that a lot of kids today i mean especially the little kids y'all have like craig of the creek and stuff so you don't know the struggle you don't know what it was like and it may seem like these things happened a long time ago and of course therefore were inevitable but that is not at all the case and mm -hmm. we can sort of see that as we look at rudy bridges holla today she is 66 years old happy birthday queen um if you don't know rudy bridges uh that's a problem she was the first black child in all white LA elementary school. It caused a lot of controversy. There were sorry, guns. Louisiana. Uh... So I was gonna say, I was like, wait a minute, that's not right. <laughs> Roll it back. She was the first black child at an all white school in Louisiana. Um, yeah, grown folks came to spit on her. A child yeah. walking to school. Problematic. And she is sixty six today. Like that's yeah. History, history is just so far, much closer yeah. than we than we like to think. I think yeah. Um. All right, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. And we're back. Uh, and I was just going to say uh, what an amazing job Joelle is doing as a co-host, especially, uh, and not like just period end of sentence uh but also i just found out that there's a one of these uh walmart drops happening every 10 minutes so she's also doing this while trying to secure a ps5 on on walmart um, yeah i heard you learn real fast you have to be a multitasker yeah all right i keep yeah. multiple windows open gotta keep those eyes floating around the screen Just be ready mm. prepared for this day for years i don't <laughs> even want go. one and i'm doing it right now Get it, Matt. Listen, if anyone on this call makes it, I'm just going to be so happy for you. We've all been really sacrificing waiting for this PlayStation to come out. Um, all right, let's talk real quick about uh, political stuff. Uh, just two. One thing that made me irrationally happy, uh, Republican support for a Trump 2024 uh, run for president is cratering. Uh, it was 65% back during, around the election time. It's now 45%. Um, so maybe the social media poison's wearing off. Um, I mean, straight up, though. Straight up. It is amazing. It is. And it's infuriating. It's infuriating mm. and amazing. It took that, that long. Yeah. Yeah. That, like, just getting him off of social media, kicking him off all of the platforms has had mm. such a drastic effect 
on the psyche of America. Because now we're kind of like seeing people online. They're still kind of doing the partisan thing. You know, people are like supporting Marjorie Taylor Greene, you know, even though she thinks that like Jews shoot lasers out of their, you know, schmeckle or whatever. (laughs) And like. Uh, but but that's like that that was not abnormal in 2012. You know, we still had that kind of weird partisanship. It's mm-hmm. like the fact that Trump is not on Twitter, just eating up all of the ideology and eating up all of the the airspace mm-hmm. has has meant that people are kind of they're not being deprogrammed, but they're not getting worse. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. There's not an opportunity to like. R- reinstate or or reconfirm a lot of those beliefs and they are having to struggle to find places to gather which is great because that's how we saw the spread of misinformation Mm -hmm. it's wild to me because i feel like it's been so almost for the full four years that he was in office people were like exclaiming if you take him off we Mm -hmm. can maybe circumvent some of the horrible things that keep happening and i gosh i understand from a corporation standpoint like do we do we cut off the president that's it's weird, but also yeah. like our president was well on his way to attempting to be a dictator. And so, and he wound up doing it anyway in the long run. I just, I can't help but imagine like, what if this had happened sooner? Like, they they did it like, the last possible moment. The That's very the worst. last second. They, they literally were like, not even, <laughs> they waited until after the coup attempt failed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yes. That they were part. like, we'll see what happens with this yes. coup thing. Oh, for sure. I, I noticed that, uh, Facebook started getting really brave once it like once Trump dropped behind Biden in polls by like ten percent. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. The it, in addition to it being after the coup, the Twitter ban happened two days after uh, the Democrats won the Senate, like <laughs> won control of the Senate. So uh, yeah, they it, they're just gonna go with whoever has the power, um, mm-hmm. which is super dangerous. There's actually a pretty good uh, op-ed i think it was in the new york times uh recently about where they went back and interviewed this guy who basically predicted everything that's happened for the past 30 years in the mid 80s and the it's like based on his concept that we have a attention economy where like everybody has a finite amount of attention to spend and that is going to be the top resource and with social media technology, like people are going to be able to dominate that. And, you know, it, it just seems like uh, even though this is nice to see that like taking Trump off has uh, hurt his support and just like kind of gotten him out of our system a little bit. I do think that until we have like systemic change where we're taking down Twitter or uh, mm-hmm. Facebook or breaking them up or uh, regulating them in some way, we're going to be in a lot of danger. Yeah. I, it's yeah, we'll frustrating see what happens. That we, yeah. It's frustrating that we have to leave this decision up to like Twitter and face out. <laughs> like the last people with this kind of like decision making power should be in their hands. Yeah. yeah. These people get off on being like they, like <laughs> they have had no use for democracy their entire lives. Like these people <laughs> like fucking Jack Dorsey or Mark Zuckerberg have been, uh, billionaires uh or you know have been multi-millionaires at least until since they were like in their 20s you yeah. know yeah. uh and then they've been business dictators ever since and so they have no <laughs> use for democracy they don't give a shit about the public good and so uh yeah like we're leaving the you know uh, <laughs> democratic society we're leaving in the hands of people who ultimately have no use for democracy so uh 
should be fun to see what choices they make. Yeah. Very fun. Can't yeah. wait. Uh, Kroger, uh, just to kind of give people an update, because early, very early on in the pandemic, they uh, started paying uh, hero pay to workers. It was basically you know, paying people extra for uh, coming to work during the pandemic because it was a very dangerous time. They were putting their bodies and lives at risk. Uh, and they stopped doing that while we also mentioned that. But now uh, they have chosen, like there was a state mandate that in California that they pay hero pay to their employees. And they were like, okay, we're just closing two of our stores rather than... Oh. Uh, so... Dynamite work by Kroger, who also Super carry awesome. the Epoch Times uh, at their stores. They do, yeah. There's a print version of that. There is, and oh my it god, it is being carried at my local Ralphs. Uh, I had no idea. I always thought that that was just. Uh, the, I, honestly, I just thought those were pre-roll ads. I didn't even think there was a product. <laughs> it was just a guy going, "We are being censored," right? And then, and then something about like. Hong Kong, and you're like, oh, this feels like uh, propaganda, but I'm not sure for who. <laughs> I just know it's right wing. It was actually a Long Beach uh, city mandate uh, for Hero Pay, not statewide California. Let's not get mm. too, let's mm. not get silly yeah, here, guys. Crazy Come, here, on. Dude. Come on. Uh, we still have Newsom. Um, and it appears the stores they closed are like in disenfranchised neighborhoods, which is, of course, super awesome. Yeah, Long Beach City. Mm. Great, great. So hopefully those neighborhoods are not now food deserts on top of <laughs> having to deal with COVID and the middle of a pandemic. That is yeah. just good uh, times. Wild. Yeah, fun country. Um, let's talk about. Uh, let's have some fun. Let's talk about yes. JoJo Siwa. Oh my God! Um, let's be in pride. Let's go! <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Oh, this has been such like if you. <sighs> So the 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 queer community has long time speculated like is she or isn't she? Uh, which is you know our new favorite game uh, since social media. It's a great meme called "Is she?" And then the person confirms yes she is, and they post a hot picture of themselves. Like one of my favorite lesbian meme games. Um, JoJo comes out. It's so sweet. She's seventeen. She wears the giant bows. She is a pop star to the young kids. Even as she's aged up, she's like, no, this is sort of like. Mylene, I don't want to go the Miley Cyrus route, which no shade to Miley, like that's a fine way to also grow and develop into your own personhood. She's like, I'm just going to keep it cool and chill and have like a pop sensation for the littles. And it, for her to like just be out, I don't know, I'm I'm an older queer now. And so I'm a little bit jaded to like coming out <laughs> stories. I'm like, you know, we come out, the people cry and then we're like loved and accepted and it's great. But like, I love hearing like the young kids like being like, you know, it's never a question of like pride or not. I just hadn't yet shared this part of myself with the community and now I'm out. And that's also great. I have a girlfriend. I love her. She's amazing. Like, what's just a wonderful story. Like, <laughs> yeah. yay pride. Like, yay the children and like their icons being able to comfortably come out when it's their time. And, and then to be accepted. Like, it seems like the majority of her fans, although I'm sure there's some like uptight super Christian moms who are in a tizzy about the one CD they let their kids have. Uh, <laughs> right. I'm sure they're very upset. Uh, but yeah, but most people seem cool with it, and I'm excited for her. If you like JoJo Siwa, then you will like, uh, and then DC Talk or whatever. <laughs> um, I the, uh, I was in an elevator with JoJo Siwa once. Stop. Yeah. Did you that? get high just like 
by extension, just I, from her energy. No, I'll be real with you. I, I didn't know who she was. Uh, sure. I, it was, uh, what was it? It was 2017 um, VidCon. Uh, okay, that makes sense. And uh, I was in an elevator, uh, me and Francesca, and then um, this little girl and her mom. And uh, she was like, you know, she was, what do you call it? Talking into a phone? Yeah, um, live streaming. Yeah, streaming. That's the one. Uh, vlogging, I think, is what kids call it these days. Uh, she was uh, vlogging. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, I was like, oh, man, VidCon's weird. Just people just, you know, like yeah, little girls and their mothers just their like head. talking yeah. into a phone and whatnot. Uh, elevator door opens. She heads towards the outside of the uh, of the hotel because this was like uh, this was the hotel for people who had the creator passes or whatever the fuck. And um, massive crowd freaking out over her and i was just like <laughs> we live in a hell world dude like i don't know <laughs> i don't know who she is <laughs> or what she does but uh it, it was just like it just freaked me out because i was like apparently this little girl is very popular and uh we've been working on this political comedy show for years bro like let's just <laughs> let's just give up let's just give up you gotta oh, yeah. go on dance moms that's a ticket okay bring your mom yeah. Me, Abby Lee, get on Dance Moms, instant success. Is yes. is that it, it? Was the mom famous first? Is that no? Her mom's no. not famous. So Abby Lee is famous. Abby Lee basically was like training all these young girls to be like modern pop ballet dancers. Essentially, mm -hmm. Sia, the little girl Sia has and has ushered through like all her music videos, came out of Abby Lee's dance school. Mm -hmm. um, so then she got a network deal with Lifetime and created Dance Moms. Mm. She had a competition show. That's where JoJo was discovered. She finished like seventh place, but people loved her energy. And then she made those damn bows and sold them at Claire's. And it's been a skyrocket ever since for her. Well, you know, I mean, good for her, but <laughs> just imagine not knowing who she is. Right. It would be very surreal. And then just seeing the response and going like, what am I doing with my life that's wrong? <laughs> what am I doing wrong? That she I is wholly mm -hmm. original. Like her whole mm -hmm. uh, vibe is very like her, her own and original. Oh, I'm she, sorry, Jack. I'm sorry. My vibe's not original enough for you. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the thing, Matt. That I, I'm, I'm not like, going to say you don't, but. Like I'm a bland uh, vibe. I'm a bland vibe. You're like, oh, I pick, you Jews are a dime a dozen. I couldn't pick you out of a lineup. Oh, my word. <laughs> I just, I, I, uh, I, as an old, as an old, I, uh, I have a hard time, you know making sense of her although not really like there's always been like people who just have their own kind of complete vibe and energy she is she is like a sugar rush of if a sugar rush was a human being she is yes. that, uh, yeah it's kind of the feeling i got from her i still have never watched any of her content but you just see a picture and you go like there's like something bubbly happen happening yes. here and yes. i'm like i'm okay with bubbly i'm i'm cool with that um, but you know, it's when you share an elevator with it and you scoff <laughs> thinking, right. what is this guy? Right. Everyone thinks there's someone and then right. they, and they walk out and there's someone and you go like, right. well, maybe my life's bullshit. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> maybe I need to be a little more bubbly. What's going on? You two smash that like, subscribe. <laughs> you want this? Is this what you want? <laughs> Just screaming into the void in a camera. Is this what you want? <laughs> All right. 
Uh, all right, let's take a quick look at uh, some Super Bowl ads uh, folks will be seeing while watching uh, the Super Bowl this weekend. Uh, so, some of them got released early. Uh, hopefully, these are not the good ones. Uh, but um, we we got a Chipotle ad that uh, vaguely ties their farming practices to like, it, it seems like an agricultural revolution that's going to save the world. And it's like this dreamy eyed nine year old kid being like, what if we throw our burritos? It's very strange. I don't, I don't know who he's supposed to be. He's like an Oracle, a Chipotle Oracle. It's Um, so weird. It's very strange. And then his sister is like, shut up. You're such an idiot. Yeah. It's just like not a good look for older sisters. I had an older sister. She was fucking cool. Um, (laughs) It is very strange because, like, first of all, I don't know what Chipotle is doing Mm. with their greenwashing campaign. Like, people who eat Chipotle are not, like, going there and just being like, you know, the best part about this burrito is that uh, clean energy made it, you know? It's (laughs) like zero carbon footprint. It's like, that's not, no, people just are like, hey, there's a Chipotle, you know? I would like to gain eight pounds right now by the end of this meal. Immediate eight pounds and then lose it immediately after. Like, (laughs) fiber eating hot dogs. Yes. You know? Uh, Um, But, like, you know, and the sister, she's just like, She's just being an asshole. Oh, what's wrong with you? Yeah. The worst kind of older sister stereotype as an eldest sister. Uh, Mm -hmm. Rude. Rude. Okay. Super rude. No. You're still talking. I didn't like it at all. Yeah. Older (laughs) sisters are the best. There's going to be a series of DoorDash ads. We did not see the ads themselves, but we did see screen caps from them. Uh, It is (laughs) Sesame Street. Yes, using please. DoorDash uh, to do pandemic stuff uh, because Sesame Street voted yes on Prop 22. Yeah, right. Clearly. <laughs> um, they, They're in the po- the pocket of Travis Kalanick. Yeah. Although I do like that uh, Grover is who they've got. Like, it's not an Elmo thing. It's a Grover thing. Grover mm. was, was my Elmo when I was yeah. a kid. Uh, Hell yeah. Yeah. Because he had to be a superhero. He had the big cape. He was flying. He's growing his best. It's weird to me how far Sesame Street has fallen from this like public works development sort of thing of like, hey, we're going to make sure uh, underfunded children have access to good education after school Mm. and wholesome television. And now you have to watch it on HBO and they've gone corporate. It's weird. Yeah. Well, you can you can watch it on PBS. Uh, you just get the old episodes. Maybe six uh, months behind ones. those wealthy yeah. kids. Right. Exactly. <laughs> the sucks. kids at school are like, Is that true. Yes. You're still watching the camping episode. Oh my Ew. god. Oh my god. That's... You can't even count to ten yet. Weird. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I hate that Sesame Street went neoliberal. That sucks. It did. It's still so good though. Um, oh, that's good. Yeah. Oh, the, dude, Elmo's dad. Give me an almost dad CNN special any day of the week. It is so perfect and wholesome. Have you guys seen these at all? No. no. Elmo's oh, dad? Dude. So CNN does these specials with Sesame Street where they're like, listen, if something big happens and it's challenging to explain to your child, you can come to CNN where the news is correct, but it'll be like Elmo and his dad like talking so they can see like a parent and child conversing about difficult subject matters. So like they did oh, one on COVID. Yeah. yeah, and it was it's just really good. Like Elmo's dad has a goatee and wears like a Hawaiian like 
a button-down oh. t-shirt, and he's just very I've chill. never even, ha- having consumed uh, my share of Elmo content, I've never even seen his dad. Was he invented it's, for the CNN thing? It's usually his uh, mom. No, I think he was on the original series, but, like, way later, if I remember yeah. correctly. Once, like, Elmo's World started coming on, I want to say, like, somewhere midway between that run, he appears. Yeah. Don't quote me on that, but, yeah. Talk about Sesame Street going neoliberal. They go on CNN and talk to Anderson Cooper. Oh, who, my like, God. Great. Looks down his nose at the Olive Garden or whatever. <laughs> I know. Um, what an asshole. <laughs> as soon as he talked shit on the Olive Garden, I was like, you're a Vanderbilt. Yeah, exactly. Stop. That was, uh, yeah, that was Elmo's dad, I've seen him, him before. He uh, he looks like a recovering Just like addict. on the street? He does look like a recovering addict. He does. Uh-huh. He looks like someone I would see at a 12-step meeting. And like, hey, I'm Elmo's dad. I'm an addict. And you do get like a very burnt out feeling from him yeah. when he shows up. You're uh-huh. like, oh, okay, this is what's up. But you know what? He loves his son and he's trying, okay? No, yeah, no, yeah, he's got his shit together. Steady. He's in recovery. This guy looks like he's, he's got like a good 10 years clean. Getting good yeah. for him. Nothing wrong with, Nothing wrong with uh, that. recovering addicts who love their sons. I'm a sons. recovering addict. That's, I can say <laughs> hey, that. I'm allowed me to. Me too. Hell um, yeah, dog. All right. Let's talk Bud Light. Uh, Budweiser, first of all, tried to get away with mm. uh, this thing where they were like, we're not doing the Clydesdale ads. And instead, no. we're donating all the money we would have used to buy the Clydesdale ads to like COVID charities, I think it was. Oh, I take um, my boot back. I guess well, that's nice. but uh, you, get ready to reboot. Uh, <laughs> they only donated $1 million. It cost $5 million. They just no! didn't actually donate the whole thing. That and, is so cheap. And they also bought a bunch of ads about the fact that they're not doing a Super Bowl ad. Oh, so, unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, so they're oh, spending the money on... Uh, anyways, on the advertising they spent to million, advertise one, that they aren't advertising. Did $1 million for charity, $4 million to pat themselves on the back for doing yes. charity. Here's yes. what happened. I can almost guarantee it. Some good-hearted, wise Budweiser employee was like, this is going to be great publicity, right. guys. Let's just let's just not do the commercials this year, and we're going to give our money to COVID charities, and it's going to be yep. great. And we'll write it off text at the end of the year. And they were like, cool, cool. And then somewhere it was getting up the ladder, and all of a sudden was like, oh, yeah. no, Super Bowl commercials. Do you know we're a beer company? <laughs> right. Do they? Who's going to read in the newspaper? People don't read. No, right. release the commercials, but tell them what we're doing with that $1 million. <laughs> with that one ad, because <laughs> two of the ads that have been released are super, are, are Budweiser ads. Yeah. Uh, they're just not the Clydesdale one. There's, and they're not good. <laughs> no, they're very bad. Uh, horrible. The, Again, I'm I'm wondering if like the ones that are if it's like a reverse movie release thing where like the bad ones get released early because they know nobody's gonna like them on the night of, so they're just like this yeah, will take possible. the sting away. Um, but so they have a Bud Light one, uh, Bud Light Seltzer ad where lemons start raining from the sky as a metaphor for 2020, but it's like really sweaty and poorly executed and sucks well it um, also doesn't feature any of the things that were bad about 2020 they're like we don't want to remind people of what was bad that actually happened like it's like oh people are out and about in the streets i'm like that was not my 2020 at all right those are yeah. not the lemons yeah, i was handed that's, that's weird <laughs> yeah uh, it's people partying and stuff <laughs> at one point i was like oh are they gonna do a protest is the protest lemons they're not yeah. protesting they're just in the street it's just mass people in the street Touching. Yeah. That's not COVID. Touching. Going to a wedding that is apparently happening even though there's a global pandemic and then yeah. that's just getting uh, creamed with a bunch of... Uh, and the the lemons are... Uh, the, the lemon hits are very violent. Like, yeah. the, they're getting smashed by these lemons. 
Uh, so shout out to them. There's a more earnest uh, Budweiser ad where people are toasting and offering to buy each other beers, but it's a lot of like really inappropriate situations. Again, it's just like they they're all driving. <laughs> they're all driving. <laughs> Uh, they're like, at one point they're toasting a dead friend at a bowling alley, uh, like a bunch of strangers buy each other beers because their flight is delayed, but they're like, the crew is next door eating, eating pizza, pizza, the lazy bastards. Like, Here's it's like new anti- friends, and I'm like, stop touching. There are no face masks right. anywhere. <laughs> yes. It's like anti-labor and very bad practices. A bunch of men at a late night meeting in the office drinking like they're. Uh, oh, God, this one. Their uh, their uh, boardroom table is covered in like beers. And then a girl is like walking by. They're like, we could really use your help on this one. And, and they, they hand her a her. beer. Congratulations. Congratulations on being here late at night doing our work that we couldn't figure out by ourselves. Right. Yes. Here's a beer instead of the money we owe you. Ridiculous. Yes. Uh, <laughs> well, and you then... get to sit with the boys, huh? <laughs> Congratulations. Congrats. Did you take none of your ideas seriously and then we'll call them all our own ideas? Right. So, <laughs> exactly. are you, so are you single or? or and it is yikes. the meeting she's joining is like five men and one woman. So it's yeah. like. I it's guess, not safe, girl. Don't drink it. Just I get know. Out of there. That's it. Feels yeah. like a very uh, weird, inappropriate, like a thing that would immediately be flagged by HR as like, no, yes. we don't, we don't do that. That puts yeah. them in a weird position. Uh, <laughs> there's. Did you guys understand the funeral one? Uh, they're in line. One of the women's in line in a greeting line at a funeral. I think. Makes, okay, here's how I saw it. Her grandpa had died. She's like comforting an old lady in the chair, right? And then her friend is in line and like nods at her, her like a very knowing nod, which right. I think is the are you tired and exhausted of having to talk to grieving people in the middle of a pandemic? And she was like, yes, let's get out of here and drink a beer. But then I don't think we see them get out no, of there and drink that beer. They just because nod that knowingly. would be weird to leave a funeral <laughs> for a loved one to go drink. That's not good. It's like these like are not appropriate giving for this, this cousin choke. You it's know, almost, we're just going for a walk. It's like they forgot why people or like the context of how people drink beer in, <laughs> in real life because it's been so long that yeah. they're just like, yeah. And then you know how you're in the greeting line at the funeral. Ah. And then you're like, Hey, let's go have a cold one. Uh, it's like, what, what are you talking about? Maybe they were just being like very real. They're just like, all right, so there are two people, they're at a funeral, and they're both bored as shit because right. this is the 20th funeral they've been to. Oh, right, right. <laughs> and yeah, they're yeah. Like, are you just done with this? Yeah, let's get out of here and drink a cold one. Like that, I could see that. Yeah. There's a couple more like straightforward comedy ones. Um, yeah. Did you guys watch the Ashton Kutcher? Uh, yes, Kunis and we one? talked about it at length, and we like, have to talk about it right now yes. because it's a commercial that you shouldn't like. Like initially, guys. Okay, Mr. Cheeto's ad, and it starts off with Ashton looking at Mila, his wife IRL, and it's like, "Yo, did you eat my Cheetos?" And she's like, "No, it wasn't me, but you got Cheeto dust, and it's around her mouth." And so right. you know, yes, it was you. And then the Shaggy song, It Wasn't Me, starts to play, except Ashton is singing it with, like, Bakasha eating them on the sofa. But he's actually kind of, like, hatching it. And at this point, I'm, like, ready to vomit. And I'm like, this is so stupid. I hate this ad. Why is it happening? Why did they sign up for this? It's so dumb. But then, halfway through, Shaggy appears. And now... It's maybe the greatest commercial of all yeah. time. It's so it immediately ridiculous. becomes a banger. It oh, immediately. 
Because because Shaggy is just such a talent. You just he's so good. He's just like under all the cheetos and everybody got the cheeto dust upon their fingers. And you're just like, this is this is good. I'd listen to this. Oh, yeah. it's awful, but great. It's a perfect. It's, but it's really nice. It's weird because Ashton Kutcher manages to be embarrassing like in everything but uh here he goes he is like sing half singing the words Mm -hmm. but he's like i saw you eating in the shower (laughs) the wah is weird it's like just just say it how you would say it yeah just be human yeah it's like he's trying not to do the uh shaggy dialect but right. also trying to inflect yeah. the words in the same way, which you can't yeah. really do. You got to pick a side. Got to uh, pick a lane. Yeah. Um, like either do the, do a bad patois or don't, don't, you can't half-ass it, you know? Um, there's a fine Jason Alexander tied one that, uh, yeah, I saw that. that I was... just want to give kudos to whoever shot all of Jason Alexander's faces and put them on sweatshirts. That PA, you rock. You did it. That commercial mm-hmm. would be nothing without you. Yes. Hell yeah. Uh, that it ends in a very strange way where the person <laughs> so uh, the premise is Jason Alexander's face is on a sweatshirt uh, it's like kind of a surrealist like old spicy like yeah. weird ad uh, but then it ends with Jason Alex the kid who's wearing a shirt is crossing the street and Jason Alexander's like hey that's my face you can't wear my face give me back my face um it it reminds me of like the uh, scary ghost in the subway in the movie Ghost. Like he's just having a complete breakdown. Like it's like, wait, why is that happening? Why is he having a breakdown? <laughs> yeah, why? What you what? think I jumped? Is that <laughs> yeah, what you think? Who are you? Get out of here! <laughs> so strange. That uh, is the weirdest ghost ever. And then yes. he like teaches him how to do poltergeist shit, and then yeah. he freaks out again and leaves. And you're like, well. All right, that was useful. <laughs> that was, I've never uh, seen Ghost. That's oh, a, so good, dude. That's but, a movie that was right. like I, I feel like a an entire generation has has missed. Oh, uh, you gotta see Ghost. Yeah, you gotta Ghost see Ghost. Is, Ghost. Is that's where Whoopi won her Oscar, right? Oh yeah, I think she did. She yeah. must have because she is she Oda is man. that movie. Without yeah. her, it would have been the worst movie ever made. <laughs> and, and, but the addition of Whoopi Goldberg to that movie makes it like a fucking classic. And she all doesn't right. even have to be in all the scenes, but it makes it makes all the yeah, melodrama it shit. It makes it good because it's like mixed with this like, ah, she's just so good. It's yeah. sick. Every time I want to get mad at Whoopi Goldberg for some stupid shit she says on The View, I just remember <laughs> that I can't dislike her. She's too she's just too much a part of my childhood and I she's too talented. Really. Like yeah. all the Sister Act movies come Come on. on. And they're come making a third on. one? Oh what? my god. Oh, oh, yes. They're making a third one. I think Whoopi and uh the lady who was also in um uh, Hocus Pocus. Yeah, yeah, Kathy and Jimmy. Yeah, I think Kathy and Whoopi have signed up, and they're still working wow. on, on getting some of the other ones. We don't know the premise Bring yet, back but Lauren whatever Hill it is, from Sister Act Two. If Lauren Hill doesn't make an appearance, you just have to tell her the wrong day. Tell her she's be there two days yes. earlier than she actually needs <laughs> to be there. She's going to get there on time, and she's yes. going to be great in it. Let her sing one song in a church a cappella, and then ask her to kindly leave. God, It'll man. be amazing. That scene. <sighs> Oh, uh, so good. Sister Act too. So All good. right, but real quick, I have to give out my uh, Golden Fuck You Award uh, goes Ooh. to Robin Hood, 
Uh, they <laughs> they did an ad which equates everyday like wholesome things like adopting a pet mm. and buying a song on a jukebox mm. and like dancing with someone as investing. They're like, you've been investing your whole life by dyeing your hair pink. Yeah. Uh, like, basically, it's like... Yeah. I Crying think on a Zoom call. Yes. How is that investing? But it's just this, like, now that we know... Like, they didn't know that we were all going to... Yes. Like, be Hate focused them. on the fact that they are actually predatory uh, right ahead of this. But it just is so transparent now that they're like, hey, dumb dumb, you can invest. Just give us some money and then mm-hmm. you will be totally cleaned out by actual Wall Street people. Uh, it's, yeah. Uh, yeah. They're like, if you can take a bath, then you <laughs> get, come invest, man. That's, yeah. you've been investing. The, the actual tagline is, uh, you don't have to become an investor. You were born one. Uh, Which is like, what the fuck are you mm. even talking about? Yes. What are you talking about here? If you're what, invested, what, are you talking, you're are you talking about investor. like a broad, a broad definition of the word invest? Yes. You're like, oh, I'm invested in watching this episode of The Sopranos. <laughs> it's like, yeah. The, we're, are, what do you what do you mean <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? What the fuck are you talking about? But uh, the good thing is they're going to get ripped apart yeah. uh, and continue to be ripped apart. So. Good yeah. times. Uh, well, Matt, it has been a pleasure having you on the Daily Zeitgeist. Uh, where you, can man. people find you and follow you? Uh, you can find me uh, on Instagram at Matt Lieb Jokes. Uh, L I E as an eagle, B as in boy, if you want to know how to spell my name. Um, and also, I do uh, a podcast, uh, which you have been on, which Miles yes. has been on, uh, which Anna has been on, uh, called uh, Pod Yourself a Gun. It's That's a Sopranos a podcast. Show. It's yeah. thank you. Uh, me and Vince Mancini, my co-host, go through every single episode of The Sopranos and talk about it. It's a lot of fun. We don't take the show that seriously. So if you're looking for like critique, uh, you know, look somewhere else. Yeah. Although, like, you you won't find anything because we are the world's only Sopranos podcast. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, where? Oh, sorry. And is there a, a tweet or some of the work of social media you've been enjoying? Yes, uh, this was today, and this was in the context is in response to uh, SAG um, uh, nominations that came out um, and uh, people's distaste for Hillbilly Elegy. And this is from uh, Kaylee Donaldson said, um, uh, quote, look, you said you wanted Amy Adams and Glenn Close to finally win Oscars. And then a gift. <laughs> From the Matrix of Switch saying, not like this. this." (laughs) (laughs) So good. That's perfect. Yeah. My heart. Uh, Joel, where can people find you? What's the tweet you've been enjoying? Y'all know me. You can find me all over the internet at Joel Monique. That's J O E L L E M O N I Q U E. And I have to find the tweet, which if I remember verbatim, I can't find the person who did it, but the tweet is, as the creator of Bridgerton, I too am shocked. It was not the creator of Bridgerton, uh, but she did change her Twitter handle to creator of Bridgerton, which, you know, I could always appreciate and vibe with. Uh, You can find me on Twitter, Jack underscore O'Brien. Tweet I've been enjoying. Uh, No Context Maddie tweeted, I sign emails with best, which is short for I am the best. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes. 
where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as the song we ride out on, which, courtesy of a recommendation uh, from super producer Anna Hosnier, is going to be Chill Out by Anthony B. and Kali Buds. Uh, yeah, we're just back to reggae. It's a good... Uh, good vibes, uh, a goddamn jam, if you will. Uh, so yeah, we're gonna ride out on that. Uh, the Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That is gonna do it for this morning. We are back this afternoon to tell you what's trending, and we will talk to y'all then. Bye. It's time to have some fun, have some fun. Yeah. I just wanna dance and listen some rubber duck, Chill out and make love to the music I love, reggae music. I just wanna dance and listen some rubber duck, and make love to the woman I love to some reggae music. One cup of coffee, then I go. Some damn, you know. It's the weekend that's why me up.